Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast. Squad and welcome to Ranks FC and welcome to the first Champions League takeaway of this season. Very exciting. Something we introduced in the back end of last season after games. This time it's not after games, it's after the Champions League draw and I can't wait to go through it. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today and joining me is our transfer guru, Mr. Dean Jones. How you doing, mate? Champions League guru, I'm going to have to become, aren't I? If we're going to start getting stuck into this, now the transfer window's closing, I'm going to have to have two masks, a transfer one and a Champions League one. Um, I tell you what, I'm, I definitely need to get up to speed, mate, because, um, well, I don't know what's going on, do I? 
Well, so basically we've done this episode in a very specific way. I watched the draw live and made notes on it and had a look at it and thought about it. And what I'm going to do is break it to Dean live to get instant reaction. <laughs> so you're getting both immediate reaction off the back of the draw from Dean and some considered reaction yeah, from me. I, We're getting best of both worlds. I have avoided finding out the Champions League draw. It hasn't been easy. The draw was made... Was it two or three hours ago? Two or three hours ago, yeah. And yeah, so I've obviously been working because it's the, it's the build-up to transfer deadline. And so I've been online. I'd like open Instagram or Facebook and just quickly be like, no, what am I doing? I can't open it because something's going to jump out at me and I'm going to ruin the episode. So I've tried to stay off social media. I turned all my notifications off on my phone as well. I genuinely don't have any idea what this draw has thrown up so it's like i'm i am hearing it all for the first time and i hope it makes it a bit more fun yeah yeah i mean look best of both worlds as i say but let's get stuck into it because there's eight groups let's to go. get through we're gonna do four in part one and four in part two and i'm gonna start you off by reading out group a of this year's champions league group stage okay. so dean in group a we have bayern munich of germany Oof. Good we team. have Manchester United of England. Oh, the Scott McTominay derby that might be. <laughs> we have Copenhagen of Denmark Ooh. and Galatasaray of Turkey. It's a, it's, wow. a, it's a group of atmospheres is what I would say to begin with. Really is. Oh, my God. How many is Harry Kane going to score against Man United? Um, <laughs> that's the first thing. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Um, have they scheduled this yet? Do you know if they've like, if, if we know when we're getting by? No, Munich, we don't. We don't know have the traffic. group. We don't have the group schedules yet. So this is okay. just a, a base okay, so level raw like, reaction whoa. is obviously. Yeah. yeah um, Kane playing against Man United. Um, that is all I'm thinking about right there. I mean, Galatasaray, Man United is an old school rivalry. So mm. I remember um, as a kid, like in the 90s, uh, Man United would be uh, in, in Europe and, uh, you know, they did, Galatasaray would have the welcome to hell banners out. Um, going to Galatasaray was like going to the other end of the earth, like Turkey seemed like a million miles away in the 90s. Now it's a lovely little holiday four hours away. But back then, like it was a, still is a pretty ferocious place on a match day. Um, so that's really interesting. I'm not sure how many Man United fans are going to look forward to going to hell. And Copenhagen, to be honest, just sounds like a quite a nice uh, expected win for Bayern Munich, it will be an expected win for Man United. <laughs> they won't get it. <laughs> well, they'll, uh, they'll draw at Copenhagen. There's some interesting things, right? Copenhagen last year had a group which had Sevilla and Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund in it, and all three home games they drew. They lost yeah. all three of the away games, but they got points off City, obviously went on to win yeah. the tournament, off Sevilla, who were having a terrible time of it at the time, and will come on to Sevilla, and also Borussia Dortmund. So... You know, this is not an easy place to go. Parken is another one, an atmosphere which is absolutely incredible. We all saw Denmark playing there in the, in the Euros a couple of years back, and it was one of the most special atmospheres I think I've ever seen in a stadium. We saw the atmosphere in their qualifier last night as they got through against, against Rakov of, of Poland. And it's really not an easy place to go. They are a very, very good side. But on top of that, Parkin has this effect on people. And whilst Galatasaray is the one that people jump out of, and I've just, just pulled up some quotes from Ryan Giggs and, Man and Manchester United manager at the time 
was it Alex Ferguson? Yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson. He Alex Ferguson said it was hell, basically. But Gig said, I've never experienced anything like Galatasaray. Two hours before kickoff, we went out to have a look at the pitch and the stadium was packed. Chanting was brilliant. One side starts, then the other, then quiet, then all of them start chanting. Before the game, it was great. <laughs> After the game, it was absolutely terrifying. It was bad. It was bad. But there were some things. Edgar David said, if we had fans like these, there'd be no team who could stop us. You know, it's just mm. like, it's wild. It's absolutely incredible. It used to be a smaller stadium. Maldini said, no one could ever make me believe there's only 25,000 people in the stadium. It is a place of football heritage and history. And I think it's very, very interesting in terms of what it can produce this year. But you look at this Galatasaray side, right? Obviously, the big, the big one there is that Wilf Zaha playing in the Champions League hmm. for the first time is going to be going to Manchester United, the club where he was yeah. basically spurned. There's just a wild things, but also this is a you know a club with plenty of Champions League heritage in it itself. Fernando Muslera is there, Leo Dubois, who obviously used to play in France. Angelino's there on loan from Leipzig, former Manchester City player. There's Demabai, who used to be at Leverkusen. Mauro Cardi's there. Dries Mertens is there. There's Tete, the Brazilian winger, who used to be at Shakhtar and then wow. was yeah. obviously at Leicester. Sergio Oliveira, who was at Porto and then Roma. Cedric Bacambu, Hakim Ziyech is there. This is not a squad that I think you would take lightly either. No, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't realise that, that the, the cast of stars was actually that deep, to be honest with you. Uh, I knew they'd have a bit of a revamp. Um, yeah, it's a really good group there. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Obviously, Bayern are going to walk it. Um, but the second spot, that's a tough one for Man United. Because actually, like, you look at it and you're like, okay, United should go through. I don't know that they will. I'm really not convinced about that. I think they're, they're three really hard away games for Man United. Yeah. So they have to win all three home games. That is mad. Or at least fun. two of them. At least I'm two of them. I'm enjoying this. Right. Okay. Let's go to Group B. Group B, the first team pulled out the hat were Sevilla, obviously last year's Europa League champions. They were followed yeah. by Arsenal. PSV Eindhoven okay. and RC Longs. Oh, wow. Well, that's quite nice for Arsenal. Um, yeah, that sounds quite nice. Um, let me quickly think through in my brain how I'm how I'm going to review it. Well, Sevilla always end up in the Europa League anyway, so they won't get through the group. So straight away, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking them out the door. Um, so it's Arsenal top of the group and PSV are going to come second. Like, that's my instant reaction to it. Uh but I think, like, welcome back for Arsenal. It's like the big time. I don't think they could have asked for much nicer than that. I think that that is a really attractive group for them. They've got a nice away day for the fans. Seville, lovely trip. But Seville in the Champions League, I don't think are really to be feared at the moment. So I don't think that that's a problem. Uh, PSV Arsenal, I actually think, will be a really good game. Yeah, obviously uh, played last year. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little uh, rematch of that, but a, a very good game. And, and I like this PSV side a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, and the fact that they've managed to qualify is, is and got this sort of group is good reward for them because there's a lot of motivation and hope of getting out of that group. Who would you say the fourth team was Lons? RC Lons. So they came second, obviously, in, in France last year, but it's been a, been a tough summer. Some big... Big names have left RC Lons, not notably their captain Seko Fofana, who was very yeah. much the the beating heart of of this side and who felt like one of Went the key Snowdy, people. Right? But also Lois Pender, who was very much the goal man, um, and he's gone to Leipzig for forty three million pounds. Now they've brought in 
Eluahi from Montpellier, who had a really oh, yeah. good season last year, but hasn't really got going yet. And yeah, it, it does feel like whilst they've made some smart moves in the transfer window, Andy Jew from Basel, I really like as a replacement for Fafana. That felt like a really sensible bit of business hmm. from Lons. And I think actually, as they as these kind of things go, you look at them and go, yeah, you know what? You've done okay in this window, but they've definitely still taken a step backwards. And I, I don't think that... You know, I think that their start to the season, which has been pretty dreadful, to be perfectly honest with you, they are mm. 15th currently in Ligue 1 with mm. a singular point. I think it reflects the fact that this team is younger, less experienced, has a little bit more, you know, to do. And and I think that they kind of overreached or overachieved, if you will, overreached is harsh, overachieved last year in Ligue 1. And I think that they've paid the mm. price for that by being picked apart by their, you know, in terms of their main yeah. spine. So I think that this could be a real struggle for Longs. Sounds like it, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sticking by my instincts there. I think that PSV have got a massive chance of going through a second because I just don't trust this Sevilla team. Um, Currently bottom of La Liga, for what it's worth. Yeah. What's happened? Like, what? what, what? Like, well, there's, there's the lots of things wrong. Like, this is... mm. they, I mean, they, they were very good wrong. in the Super Cup against Manchester City, I thought. And they, they put in a really good account well of themselves. Game, yeah. It was, uh, you know, impressive. But at this point, it just feels like the things going on behind the scenes at the club with that kind of uncertainty around who's going to leave and who they need to sell in order for it to literally be a standing entity at this point just feels like it's really hanging over everything. And I'm I'm not convinced that they are going to have it their own way here as you say I think they will come third because I don't think Lens have the depth of squad that Sevilla do but at the moment yeah. having watched them in La Liga there's very little for Arsenal to fear as well I would say yeah I was just trying to remember who I watched Sevilla play against and it was Girona they lost 2-1 um, mm-hmm. so that was my last look at them and then my last look at PSV was obviously their win over Rangers and uh, very much contrasting Yes, absolutely. Okay, let's go to Group C, which has mm-hmm. Napoli, Ooh. Real Madrid, Ooh. Braga, mm. and Union Berlin. Oh, that's really tasty. I like that one a lot. Three good teams. Um, Four good teams. Hang on. Four good teams. <laughs> I'm just not excited about Braga. Um, Napoli, Real Madrid. That's lovely. What a game of football. Um, really hope that Napoli just like take it to them because they can beat them. Definitely they can beat them. I would actually like, oh, do I fancy Napoli to win the group? I might. Yeah, I, might I was going to say Napoli my to... immediate hot take is that I think Napoli win that yeah, group. Yeah, I think that is my instant reaction. Oh, I just got goosebumps down my left arm. I think that I think that Maradona's just given me a cuddle. Um, <laughs> that that is that is an unbelievable fixture. Um, two really like proper traditional European like forces of football as well. So that's that's going to be a great build up as well as a great match. So that's a yeah that's a standout so far from all of the matches that you've spelled out to me that even hits me harder than um Bayern Munich and Man United um which by the way I didn't even point out at the time is obviously was a rerun saying, of the 99 was, fight, yeah, yeah yeah like I can't believe that wasn't one of my instant reactions but there we go um and then yeah Braga I'll let you address Braga because I'm not that interested but but Union Berlin like we were literally talking about this on on Patreon on Monday 
when Valentin sent in his big spiel about Union Berlin and why they're so special and like why they're underrated and like the model build of the club. Like actually, I would recommend that people go back to to the Patreon show from Monday to actually just listen to that part of the pod because that was really good. Um, and there's oh, they're going to struggle obviously to get through, but maybe that doesn't have to be the goal right now to make the next stage of the Champions League. Maybe going up against Napoli and Real Madrid is reward in itself, and to just finish third would be great. Yeah, I mean, look, the Union Berlin squad—they are currently top of the Bundesliga. We should add they started this season absolutely sensationally, um, but also this is a massive squad. There's currently 27 players in it. it is a huge huge squad and they've done that on purpose right the the way that union yeah. berlin play uh, and the way that they are stylistically set up under urs fischer means that they're incredibly intense and the the whole way that the the club operate is is based around that kind of sense of you know it's work hard sweat through the shirt if you will is that that kind of marseille thing right that they the fans demand that as as the minimum from these players and players buy into it and those fisher buys into it massively and so when you look at all of that yeah. and you you look at how big this squad is there might be a slight drop off in quality as you say but i think that achieving third in this group is a very reasonable aim for union berlin i'm look i'm hotter on braga than you are fine no problem but i just don't the, know enough about them to be honest but I think that Union will look at this and think that's an opportunity. And you look at some of the players that were brought in this summer, you know, the likes of Robin Gersons, the likes of Brendan Aronson, Kevin Volland brought in. There's a lot of names here that you go, okay, all right. They're, they're making mm. their moves in, in very smart ways. There's still talk that Leonardo Bonucci might join Union Berlin on oh. deadline day. Um, it feels like they're in a really good space. And this feels like a team settled and buying into their manager's ideas. And I think that that should set them in good stead. The only thing I will say is that they're not playing their European games in their stadium in oh, the forest. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, because it's not big enough. And it's oh, also that's part not of the beauty of it. Where it's not kitted out for European demands, if you will. Um, so they have to play their games in the Olympia Stadion, which is obviously the home of their rivals, Hertha Berlin, who are now yeah. in the second tier. Imagine that. That's like, that is, that is so brutal. That's horrible. For, especially for Hertha. <laughs> the Hertha fans must be like, oh yeah, no worries. Not only are we dreadful at the moment, we're also watching our rivals play their Champions League games in our stadium. It's basically like... Yeah. If Chelsea got relegated and Fulham had to play the Champions League, and Fulham were in the Champions League for some reason, and they had to play <laughs> our home games at Stamford Bridge, and Chelsea fans would be like, yeah. no, like, that's not all right. Well, It'd be the furious. problem is, I would be happy that too. Like, do Union Berlin. Yeah, no one's happy, to... right? No, no one's happy. happy. You don't want to be doing that either. Like, all you're going to do is like graffiti the place while you're in there. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure that's what they do, but <laughs> well, we're, not gonna make that, we're not making any statements and the legalities <laughs> of that are not complete. I'll add that. Um, just to touch on Blaga, it's not been a great start to the season for them. They lost their opener against Family Cow. Um, they bounced back with a 4-2 win against Herman Shavs and they qualified by beating Panathinaikos over two legs. They won 3-1 and the second leg they won 1-0 in Panathinaikos uh, in Greece. And... It was a very, very strange game because Panathinaikos will be kicking themselves that they weren't able to to score, to win this game. They had plenty of opportunities. They had a lot of the ball. Braga were excellent. And the goal from Bruma 
is very good, but they were excellent kind of in transition. And I don't think Braga have hit their stride yet. I thought they had one of the best windows I've seen across the whole, whole of Europe. That's something for another podcast. Mm. But I was really impressed with their business. And yet they've kind of limped a little bit out of the blocks. And I wonder if there's a little bit of hangover from last season and what they achieved across the course of that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, at the moment, I would agree with you in terms of where you are in this group. I think it's Real Madrid and Napoli. And I think that Union Berlin probably have the best shout for the Europa League spot right now. Yes. Although if Braga get going, that's going to be a really interesting battle. Um, let's go on to Group D. Quick question. Does is, everyone finish who finishes third go into Europa? Or is it like best four? Or is it... No, everyone who finishes third goes into Europa. Last season of this, obviously. Yeah. Um, after next year, with the new format, there is not going to be anyone dropping down between divisions. So uh, mm. I'm sure that Sevilla will be looking to make the most of that by finishing <laughs> third. In that Can't group. wait to finish third. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The kind of dichotomy of winning the Europa League is that winning the Europa League gets you into the Champions League. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. Can we just stay in Europa, please? Um, Right, let's go to Group D. Uh, Benfica, mm. Inter yep. Milan, mm-hmm. Salzburg, Real Sociedad. Ooh. I mean, the hardest group to call, probably. Like, um, obviously, like, you. I mean, I would look at it and just expect Inter Milan to win it, but that's just because they I mean, are... that's pretty reasonable. That's pretty reasonable. Um, but it doesn't, obviously play out like that like that's not the football isn't as simple as that so um yeah i don't even know what's jumping out at me there apart from into winning the group it just seems like a, a massive I th- it feels like every game is going to be unpredictable like apart from an inter home game i feel like every match is going to be up for grabs and all these teams have got like genuine chances of going through yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's 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 a really interesting one. I think Inter look the strongest side in the group, and they were last year's Champions League finalists. This is not going to be news to anybody, but I thought they bought really well. They've replaced the players that have left really smartly. I thought it feels like Inter are back in the kind of mood for a title charge, and I think that when they look at this group, they will fancy their chances of winning it. That said, Benfica were obviously quarter finalists in the Champions League last year. They were brilliant yeah. across yeah. most of the course of the Portuguese season. They won the Supertasa against Porto very comfortably to open the season there. And then it sort of yeah. all went a bit weird. They lost 3-2 to Bovista on the first day of the season. Um, and they beat Hill Vicente last weekend, but it took a 94th minute winner <laughs> to actually get that one over the line. Um, then it was, well, that made it 3-1, then Hivacente scored. But it, even so, it was more uncomfortable than I'd imagine Benfica would have expected it to be. I don't think they've quite yeah. got off to the flying start that they would have expected in the Primeira. I think they'll get better. There's not been too much upheaval across the course of this summer. And I'd still suggest that they are the second best side in this group. But... Real Sociedad being dropped in there in sort of like fourth spot does make things interesting. They've also had a tough start, right? They've drawn all three of their opening games of the La Liga season and it's not quite clicked yet. But when they do click and Anoeta at home in the Champions League is an incredible, incredible environment. It's been amazing in the Europa League. I can't wait to see, you know, it back in the Champions League proper. So generally, I think that when you look at what, Real Sociedad doing what you look at how they're you know set up obviously Kieran Tierney's just joined on loan they might get going and if they get going this Benfica Real Sociedad battle for second I think could be really interesting yeah um 
obviously RB Salzburg are becoming renowned for creating the best stars on the planet and then they go over to RB Leipzig and then they go on to somewhere even better. Um, so they're always one of the teams we should be watching in the Champions League because you're usually watching the gems of the future. Um, so there's always that, yeah, element of... Uh, surprise, I guess, that, that comes with RB Salzburg. So uh, I've been intrigued, as intrigued you say. by the, what they're, they're capable of. Real Sociedad aren't really getting me excited here, I've got to admit. Well, I thought they were excellent in Europe last year in the Europa League. And hopefully they can step that up again. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's been a weird summer. It's always a mad summer of transition, right, at Salzburg. This is what they do. Junior Damu yeah. left to Freiburg, Nicholas Sievald left to Leipzig, so did Benjamin Sheshko, Noah Okafor went off to Milan. That's a pretty heavy turnover in terms of attacking players, Sievald accepted. And so they're obviously going to have to move things along and and change things up a bit. But they have to do this every year. So, you know what? It's like changing years at school. You just get a new class coming. They're all ready. It's it's really intriguing just to see who steps up to the pipeline this year. So they always can prove that threat. And with that, I think we're going to just take a little break. That's the first four clubs sorted, or the first four groups, I should say, sorted of the Champions League. There's four to go. You're going to get Dean's reaction live and my thoughts as well after the break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Ranks FC and the breakdown of that Champions League draw in the first Champions League takeaway of this season. <laughs> We're looking at things through the new lenses. Dean, for the first time, me for, well, about the 15th. But here we are. <laughs> um, let's get into Group E, DJ. And it starts with Feyenoord, champions of the Netherlands. They're joined by Atletico de Madrid, Lazio and Celtic. Oh, Celtic. That's their draw, is it? Oh, nice. Um, okay, so let me just quickly run this through in my head. What are we... Uh, I think we're expecting Atleti to take win away? the group. I mean, Atleti win the group. I'm trying to think of a sexy storyline to go with it. I, I, think, I think it might be a scrap. Between yeah, the other I, three. I, 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 like a real horrible, nasty I was scrap say, I'm glad second. you said that because I was trying to think of something like... Sexy, as I say, to like bounce off you with. I'm just like, oh, I feel like I've just landed in a mud pit or something. Like, what is this group we've been handed? It's a bit like it's one of those where it's maybe not the most attractive group on paper, but I think it might end up being the most interesting one. You know, those ones where you're like, hang on, four teams can qualify and it's the last day. Like, how, how have we got to this yeah, point? Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this feels like the group that might throw that up. Now, Atleti might be too strong, but equally, Atleti have the ability to just grind themselves into a hall uh, in the Champions League, especially, yeah. you know, we, we talked about the fact that in La Liga this year, it feels like they have that opportunity to open out and be a bit more aggressive. In the Champions League, they're like, nope, we know what we do here and it's we're going to grind out one nils. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why are you doing this? You're better than most of these teams. You should just beat them instead. Yeah. Um, so they do have the ability to shoot themselves in the foot, Atleti, but... They should have enough not strength here, in this mate. squad. Yeah, exactly. Not here. I mean, Atleti, I mean, you were talking about them the other day on the on the pod about how they've started the season and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about them in La Liga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe they can tr- transition into this. So Atleti, when they go, I mean, I'd like to give Celtic a chance. I can't, like not based on what we've been seeing so far. 
No. Brendan Rogers, like maybe by the time we get to these, I'm guessing what do they start in three weeks or something, these games. Yeah. So um, that's not really that long for Brendan Rogers to shape up this squad. They haven't really hit the ground since he, he came in. So straight away, I'm thinking, well, Celtic, even with a group like this, which does look reasonably weak in terms of Champions League pedigree, um, still not going to give much of a hope. Lazio is quite an interesting one. Um, I, I kind of fancy Lazio here, I think. I think mm. Lazio are the team that's jumping out of me for having the best chance of, of joining Atleti in the next round. Um, I know that like they're not the force that they once were. Like Losing Milinkovic-Savic, I think, is, is going to be prove huge for them. And they, they lost to Genoa at the weekend. So it has hardly been ideal for them. Didn't they lose the week before as well to someone? It's not poor? been a great start. They lost they to lost Lecce. Lecce, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been a poor start. But, I mean... I, that can't continue, surely. Like let's go for anyone that they've lost. They've they've still got um, the power of like a mobile and stuff. Who would surely expect to to come through good here? Yeah, I mean, he famously hates playing outside of Serie A, so it's <laughs> yeah, really interesting. <laughs> but like, I do like some of the business they've done. Obviously, they bought Tati Castellanos from New York City. He was on loan mm. at Girona last year. They bought Daichi Kamada on. Well, they they got Daichi Kamada on a free. They brought in. Gustav Isaacson from Michelin, who's one kind of for the future at 22. I don't think he's going to be the main man this year, but there's definitely a really interesting footballer in there. Yep. And then they brought in Ravella and Pellegrini, both from Juventus on loan. And they're just about to complete the deal for Matteo Genduzzi as well. So oh, yeah, they are, this yeah. squad looks pretty tasty. I mean, look, when we talked about Serie A, I, I said that on paper, I thought they were challengers and, and, you know, maybe one of the teams that should be looking at a real title fight, especially how they played last year. Um, it hasn't quite materialised over the first couple of weeks of the Serie A season. But again, they're another one that I think when this side gets going, they're going to be very good. And I think they might have got going in three weeks' time. This is a tough draw for Celtic. Um, but I also think that Celtic Park is... A difficult place to go in the Champions League. We've seen multiple teams trip up there down the years. Feyenoord is a horrendous place to go in in general, not like as a city, just as Rotterdam's an away fine, team. Rotterdam's <laughs> lovely, yeah. Um, Rotterdam or anywhere, as the people's South <laughs> once said. Um, but De Kuyp is a you know is a cauldron of noise and can, is one of the most unbelievable atmospheres. And imagine as an away player, that's a terrifying prospect. We'll talk more about terrifying prospects in Group G, but. Um, I just think that this is a really interesting group and it could go down to a real scrap. Now, I think I don't think Celtic have enough to get out of this. I think if Feyenoord no. explode into life in the Champions League, then they're, they're quite hard to back against in Europe when they get that momentum moving. They really do go. But mm. I think natural selection says Atleti followed by Lazio, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the best thing from a Celtic fan's point of view is you get to go to Rome, Rotterdam and Madrid. That's the positives. Great trips. Great trips. Mm. The Celtic fans famously uh, like singing about Papa Francesco uh, when they're in Rome and did pretty much did that for the whole time they were there. And the last time they visited Lazio, which I really? think was in, was in the Europa League. So uh, I'm excited to hear the Papa Francesco song come out again. Right, let's go to Group F. Okay. <clears throat> the group of... F. Paris Saint-Germain. Borussia Dortmund. Ooh. AC Milan. No, stop it. Newcastle United. Oh, no! 
Oh, mate, this is what the Champions League's all about. This is what I'm. This is what I've been waiting for. That's why groups like Group E are worthwhile putting up with because you get a group like Group F, PSG, Dortmund, Milan, Newcastle. Not missing a minute of it. This is going to be a royal rumble. I'm absolutely loving this. Like the football. Ah, oh, what what a showcase of talent! Like this is going to be brilliant. Oh, welcome back, Newcastle! Like this is they could not have hoped. Well, they could have hoped for something better. They could hope for some games they could win, but they could, in terms of like playing against great European clubs, like that is amazing. That really stamps is. in the passport, isn't it? Part oh, of the price: Westfalen Stadion, San Siro, St James's oh, Park. Mate, that that is, is just unreal. It's unbelievable. That is awesome. Like four great stadiums and the, the fixtures are just like every single one of those games is going to be a belter um who's going to miss out it's going to be <laughs> such a tight group it's going to Honestly, be so i have also, no the idea Sandra, the sandra tonali derby that's exciting yeah that's really good fun um Oh, I really hope PSG don't get through and there's a chance. I really hope PSG don't make it to the knockouts of the Champions League. That's my big takeaway. PSG aren't going through. Um, mate, I think Newcastle have every reason to be optimistic about this. I think they can do it. It's not going to be easy, not at all. I'm slightly worried about the effect this is going to have on their Premier League campaign because there, there's no way that this is not in the back of your mind every single week when you're looking at the fixture list, like looking forward to these fixtures. But there's not even got, like an off week. <laughs> yeah, there's not. There's no time to rest at all. But that's what can happen if you're a fourth seed, right? And and that's what happens when you've been out of the competition these for teams, you know? twenty years. They can yeah, beat I, these also, teams. These are the things you live for as a fan, right? Oh like, mate, I, I those Newcastle fans are buzzing. Some... I need to go on Newcastle Twitter right now just to see this. There'll be some Newcastle fans who be like, "I'm gutted that we've obviously got a group that might be quite difficult to get out of." But on the other hand, this is why you want to be in the Champions League in the first place, right? To play the likes of PSG, to play the likes of Dortmund, to go to the Westfalen Stadion, to go to San Siro to play AC Milan. This is what it's about. Yeah, Alex Isak will be going up against Borussia Dortmund. Nice. Um, that, that's that's a nice one that they're already celebrating here on the Newcastle Twitter. Um, I'm just looking to what people's reactions are. Yeah, one bloke's like finishing last with crying emojis. Another bloke <laughs> says we're going to win it all. Uh, one bloke said I've already booked my hotel for the final. What a great group to land in. Um, but yeah, I mean... This the final's <laughs> in London. <laughs> Oh god, it is, isn't it? You could probably go. You could probably um, get the train back, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably can't actually in this country, mate. You probably um, probably gonna have to spend a week down here so that you actually can make sure you can watch the game and get home in time. But yeah, I don't really that, have any takes from this group apart from let's do it. Like, it's fun. It, I mean, it's great. This is, Everyone's this great. Fun. You know, Four good we, teams. Let's get it. We just had a group that we're talking about that's a complete scrap and I wasn't really interested about watching barely any of it. And this one, I don't want to miss a minute of it. And that is why the Champions League is amazing. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, nothing else can live up to that. Like whatever's no, there's coming nothing the else that can live is up that to it? that. Is that I'm the afraid. best group? That, that's oh. the big one. I, I, I wanted to leave it to last, but I thought that would be a bit <laughs> weird. Can't. So, um, right, let's go on group to Group F G. is the winner. Yeah, Group okay. F wins. Um, let's go to Group G, uh, which is headlined by European champions Manchester City. Once again, oh, okay. they will be going up against RB Leipzig. These two are joined at the hip. Oh, of course. 
Um, it yeah. gets a bit of a grady old derby, and that's that's something. Uh, they are joined by Sverna Vjezda, or Red Star Belgrade of Serbia, uh, and BSC Young Boys of Bern in Switzerland. I mean, <laughs> I've not seen many which are so two and two. It's a difficult place to go to the Malacana, to uh, Red Star. That's an incredibly difficult stadium to go to and get anything out of. But it's almost impossible to look past City and Leipzig going through from this group, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, there's there's not even really much to debate here, is there? Um, I mean, I, I am showing disrespect to young boys and Red Star because I don't know enough about the makeup of their current squads, but I also know enough to know that Man City and Leipzig will be stronger than both of those teams. And it's going to take... Um, well, Man City won't slip up in that group. They're obviously going through, but it would take a major calamity from RB Leipzig not to join them um, in the next round. So... Yeah, fully expecting that to be straightforward. I can't believe that Man City have got such a walkover. I mean, this is really bad news, to be honest. I mean, this is actually quite upsetting because they might as well crown Man City Premier League champions now because they haven't even got to do the old rotation anymore. Like They've just bought some players to try and help them with their squad rotation. They don't even need to. They can put the kids out in this Champions League group and just be done with it. They're going to win it easy. Uh, they can't put the kids out because they've sold them all. Uh, they've sold Cole Palmer to Chelsea and Tommy Doyle's gone to Wolves. McAtee's off on loan. Um, there's no kids to play, I'm afraid, from a Manchester City perspective. Yeah. Um, I suppose the only question is, could Leipzig dethrone them? We've seen some really good games between these two over yeah. the last couple of seasons. Leipzig have started the season well to an extent. Um, obviously, they won the Super Cup against uh, by Munich. They slipped up a little bit against Leverkusen, but I think especially in transition, this Leipzig side feel like they could really, really hurt teams. And maybe that's the way that they could get at City. Uh, maybe. I mean, the last time I watched that Man City play Leipzig, City won 7 <laughs> Yeah, they did do that, yeah. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> I was thinking of the one where Christopher and Kunku scored a hat trick and they lost five three, which is one of the yeah. best games I've ever watched. No, last um, season they played in the in the round of sixteen and it was an aggregate score of eight one. So that that's did, the that goal they've got to close. Yeah, well, we'll see if they've got the ability to do so. Okay, let's move on to Group H, which okay. is headlined by FC Barcelona. Okay, yeah, of course. Barcelona haven't been... Oh, actually, this is quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. They are joined by Porto, by Shakhtar Donetsk, and by Royal Antwerp of Belgium, who qualified last night against Ike Athens. Okay, Um, good. So Barcelona aren't going back in the Europa League again this season, so that's good. I don't want Barcelona to be in the Europa League again because that's not where they should be, so that's good. Um, we're going to have Barcelona in the knockout stages of the Champions League, which is where they should be and where they rightly will be. Might even have uh, João Felix playing for them uh, in the Champions League. Who knows, by the time you're listening to this, if João Felix might have even signed on deadline day. Um, but yeah, obviously Porto, or uh, the most glamorous club, I guess, that you've just listed. But um, as you know, I'm always um, pessimistic about what Porto can achieve. Like they can achieve some great results, but they can also be flaky. So, yeah, my main takeaway is actually just being excited that Barcelona are going to be in knockouts of the Champions League. I mean, do you see any upset here? Like, what do you, anything, any reason to be concerned? Any reason we should be watching this group deep? 
I just think that so far with Barcelona, I have been relatively unconvinced. And I really wasn't expecting to be saying that at this point of the season. I thought they would get off to a really good start and off they'd go and that would be that, right? But actually, it's not been particularly plain sailing for them so far, I don't think. And it's one of those where you're kind of looking at it and going, what's going on with you? Now, it's a bit of a shame in some ways because much as I love Porto, They've had a really weird start to the season as well. They lost the Supertassa to, to Benfica. They then beat Morinenge 2-1 on the opening day where they scored a 74th minute winner and then hung on. They beat Ferenc the week after 2-1 with a 99th minute winner. Mm. And they beat Rio Ave this weekend 2-1 with a 91st minute equaliser and a 94th minute winner. <laughs> it's been a very strange start to the season in that they've got nine points and they're second in the Primera and you're kind of thinking, oh, that looks okay. But the way that they've won games has been like, are you not all right? Like, what's going on there? And I've not been so... I actually think that if you'd pulled out, you know, a second team of this hat of of the quality, even of a Leipzig, for example, I'd be there going, I think Barcelona can be got at. And I'm just a little bit wary that Porto have started the season relatively slowly um, Shakhtar are having another bizarre season, obviously not helped by the fact that loads of their players keep just leaving. Yeah. Um, and Antwerp, I don't think are very good. And that, you know, congratulations to them for, for reaching this <laughs> stage of the competition. And they deserve all credit for getting here. Um, but I was watched quite a lot of their, their qualifier and I wasn't particularly impressed. Um, yeah. I don't think I Cathans are that could aside and they kind of struggled past them although i will say that it's a really tough place to go um the ike stadium it's really not and but they were a bit battered yesterday right they obviously had the one nil advantage from the first leg but i mean we're talking about a side who have won two drawn one lost one of their first four in in the belgian pro league there are plenty of sides above them who i would have gone okay you know andalek club bruges ghent Union saint yeah. even last season in, in the Europa Conference League were really impressive at times. I just, I'm, I'm just not convinced that Antwerp are all that good. And I don't think that they're going to be able to overturn any of the teams in this group. Well, what are they like at annoying and kicking people? Because that could be their, that could be their chance. I mean, we, we've seen that Barcelona really don't like it up them. Um, the first two games of the season, obviously. I tell you why they won't do that. Because Royal Antwerp are managed by Mark Van Bommel, uh, who played for Barcelona in 2005, uh, 2006. Oh, no, he's going um, to try, try and play football against him. He's going to try and play football, yeah. I was hoping we were going to get a team that were going to kick him because I was going to say, like, Hatafe just kicked him and annoyed them and uh, drew nil nil with Barcelona. Cadiz were a really annoying team too. Eventually, Barcelona got over the line and won 2 nil. And then Villarreal opened up and played football and Barcelona scored four. So I'm like, well, don't play football against them. Don't allow them to uh, have a game here. Like, just just annoy them if you're going to have any chance. But yeah, you've just knocked out in the head. So, um, Do you remember how Antwerp got here? No. <laughs> Do you remember what happened? The storyline on the last day where Toby Alderweireld scored that ridiculous goal in added time. They drew two all and at the same time, there was a, a goal mm. in a different game that basically meant their two all draw. won the league for them it was like one of the most amazing final minutes ever um but yeah it was one of those kind of strange ones genk just 
just fell apart on the, on the last day and suddenly Antwerp won the league. It was like, what's just happened? Like, how, how's, how's all this gone on? So, Madness. yeah, I mean, look, it's lots of fun, lots of, lots of drama, but I'm, I'm, I remain unconvinced that Antwerp are going to be able to shake it all about in this group. So um, I think mm. it's going to be Barcelona and Porto for me. Yeah, well, I want Porto to go through, so that'd be nice. Okay. All right. Well, there we oh, have that's it. That was fun. Oh, that was really that's good. Now I'm going to go and actually look at it all in the cold light of day and actually like see it all on screen with all the groups. But that was a great way. Oh, that was a better way, actually, of finding out the Champions League draw um, than just watching it on TV when it takes like an hour and a half to pull the balls out the, out the bowls. So I'm going to do that again next season, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say we'll do it again every draw for league and the conference league. But we're, we're definitely not going to do that. So um, that's uh, that's one for that's one for another. That's one for me to examine on my own. I think I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you. Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll give you some thoughts uh, on the Europa League and Europa Conference League draws over Via on my Twitter. Twitter account if you want to go and X, see them. Sorry, X on my X account. Um, I'm over there at Jack J Collins. If you are actually interested. Um, but for now, all that's left for me to do is to say thank you very much to our Champions League guru, Mr. Dean Jones. Thank you very much to you, mate, for teeing all of that up. I had a great time. Uh, it was lots of fun. I had, a, I had a great time too. This has been your first Champions League takeaway of the season. I've been Jack Collins, neighbor of ours. This has been Ranks FC. Thank you so much for listening as ever. And we will see you next week, gang, where we're going to be taking a look back at the final days of the transfer window and thinking about who's won and lost from this season's window. Take it easy now. Have wonderful weekends. Peace. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.